Well, it's my privilege to welcome to the stage um, somebody that's very familiar to us, um, Pastor Natasha Kotze. She's the senior pastor at the South Church, but she's also the CEO for Smile Foundation, who, which is the, the partner ministry to the South Church. But it's not just that. Today's also her birthday. So... So we wanted to say happy birthday to her and give her a bunch of flowers and just say we honor you, we honor you for who you are and for the gift of God in your life, but also for just for who you are to us as a community. So much appreciate you serving even on your birthday in this capacity. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. Well, good morning. I have a philosophy on my birthday is your favorite day. Your favorite day, you do your favorite things. You wear your favorite clothes. This is my favorite clothes. I don't know how old this jacket is. This is my favorite shoes. I can go anywhere with it. I am grounded. It doesn't have to fit. It doesn't have to fit. Some, uh, normally when uh, everybody leaves me at home and I'm at home, I walk around with blue high heel shoes and a pink gown. I walk like that the whole day. I don't care what to everybody. I spend it with my favorite people. So it's a no-brainer to be here today. I also do a little crazy thing. I watch my favorite movie. That normally has to happen now. It happened on last night. My favorite movie... My favorite movies, my favorite type of movie, movies, is monster movies. I love monster movies. I love Godzilla, King Kong. Last night we had to watch Jurassic World. I love it because it has a definable purpose to it. Find the monster. Kill the monster. It's not complicated. Don't have to use my brains. Find the monster. Kill the monster. And when the monster is dead, find the eggs. Kill the eggs. So I want to share with you today a little bit. Because I have to share on um, this incredible scripture that Paul said, which is our missions conference scripture. And I want to say to you today, do not be quiet on me today. Do not be quiet because I'm so excited about this scripture. It is Romans 1 verse 16 and 17. Romans 1 verse 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. So, power of God. So that's why I want to make it a little bit visual for you this morning, so that you can understand what does this power really mean. See, in a monster movie like King Kong, for instance, you they they find this monster, and and then and 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 there's some people that wants to kill the monster, but unfortunately, there's some people who wants to. Bring the monster home. They bring it to New York. And what does it do in New York? It destroys New York. 
There's some people uh, who, who want to study the monster. They want to study it because maybe we can learn something from it. Like in Jurassic World, we have a problem in our genome pool. So we're going to get a lizard DNA and we're going to put it into our DNA and then in the dinosaur DNA and then we're going to form new monsters. So we're going to learn from it because what, what, what can it do for humanity if we can figure out if somebody has a generic sickness that if we maybe do some experiments, we can heal them. They, they want to study the monster. Or they think they can tame the monster. In the latest Jurassic world, we get to coexist with the monster. But you see, this is what sin is in our lives. Sin is a monster in our lives. And I've got another little visual that I want you to understand a little bit when you are born into sin, what does it mean? I wonder if the guys can play that little, that, can you see that little? You're never going to forget this gory, wormy. Now what happened to this worm was a wasp came, laid its eggs in the little worm. And as the worm went on la 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 with its life. All of a sudden started feeling uncomfortable one day because the eggs was hatching inside of it and it started to eat it alive. It started to eat it alive until there's nothing left of this worm anymore. You see, and that is exactly, if we want to understand what the power of the gospel is, we got to understand what sin is and what the devil wants to do in our lives. Because sin is a monster that will destroy your life and you cannot tame it. You cannot coexist with it. You cannot feel sorry for it or feed it and think that you can live a life with it because it is a parasite in your life that will eat you alive. It will destroy you. It will destroy you. So with that visual in mind, I want us to go to Romans 1 verse 16 and 17. This is Paul speaking. Love Paul so much. Such a radical guy. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. He's quoting Habakkuk there, his favorite scripture. The righteous will live by faith. Now, I want to do a little bit of an exposition so that we truly get what Paul is talking about here. When he talks about, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the good news. That's what gospel means. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. Why is it the good news? Because Jesus, through the cross, dealt with the monster. That is the good news. And then Paul says this, I am not ashamed. I love this. I, I am not ashamed of this gospel because his audience, why would he say this? His audience were Greek and Jews. So 
Greek, the Greeks at that time was very agnostically orientated, so they believed that material world is evil. And Paul is preaching about a bodily resurrection of Jesus. What are you doing, Paul? And the Jews believed that Jesus was going to come like a king, and he's going to come, and he's going to rule on this earth. You know that. He's going to rule. He's going to raise up an army. Man and the Jewish nation is going to be. And he, that's, that's the way. But then Jesus came, and he loved. He loved. He was kind to sinners. He died. He came, and it seemed weak to them. He's weak. Paul, what are you talking about? But you see, Paul did not care what anybody thought of him. I love it. He just didn't care. He said, I am not ashamed of this gospel because if you are ashamed of this gospel and if you struggle to share this gospel to your neighbor or in your front line, it is because you do not understand the power of this gospel. Let me explain to you what this power is. And if we want to understand what he's talking about, then we just go to Romans 1, verse 1. Romans 1, when we, when we go back and we, we see what Paul is saying here. Paul, a servant, and this is a kind translation because actually the word is slave. He's using Exodus language. I am no longer a slave to sin anymore. I am now a slave to righteousness. In other words, whatever God says to me, I must do, I will do. I will do it unashamedly, even if it embarrasses me. I do not care because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It says, I am a, a slave or a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures in the Bible. Regarding his son, who is, who as, who as to his earthly life, sorry, was a descendant of David. So right there, who as is in his earthly life was a descendant of David. So there he, he's talking about the line of, uh, the, the line of Jesse, the line of David, and he's talking about the Old Testament, and he's saying that all that which was promised when Jesus came to this earth and he walked this earth, he walked as a man. Somebody who was 100% man. Somebody who could relate to us. Somebody that was completely human. Says, but you will be mistaken if you think that was all that he was, that he was. You'll be mistaken. Verse 4. And who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And there he explains to us the word power. He says this word power is not just Jesus who walked on this earth, the historical Jesus there's so much proof for that. Nobody even doubts that anymore. That's not just where the true power lies 
in. It is that he actually died and that he was raised from the dead. So that power is the resurrection power. The resurrection, the power of God who raised somebody from the dead. Is somebody dead yet today? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power to salvation. It is the power to salvation. It is the power to salvation. Verse 17, if we go down, chapter 1, verse 17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, or some translations will say from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So he talks about righteousness, a righteousness um, that is by faith. And he talks here about uh, that it is revealed by God and what by him talking about righteousness, he's actually talking about two things. He's firstly saying that this righteousness that we have is from God and God, a God who is righteous. A God who has no fellowship with sin, who has no sin in his life. A God who is a righteous judge. This is, it is in a monster movie. How do they kill the monster? They got a, it's some kind of an explosion. Some kind of explosion. Who's, who's seen Jaws? Who's seen Jaws? Who's, who, who was a kid when Jaws was? They had to throw this bottle down it and just shoot down its mouth and shoot it and then it will explode and the shark will explode. Godzilla had to, an atom bomb had to be, you know. You see, even in the monster movies, even Hollywood knew that the monster needed a power outside of themselves to be destroyed. The righteousness of God. We need a righteous God. to. Go. I don't want a God that is not righteous to be the judge of this world. We need a holy, righteous God to be the judge of this world. And that is who God is. And now the good news is, is this that Paul is saying. He's saying that this God who is righteous, who is holy, he is the God who declared you righteous because of his son dying on a cross who was raised from the dead. Because of that, you are declared righteous so that when, when he looks at you, he sees the cross. He sees righteousness. See, nothing that we can do could have killed that monster. No, nothing you can do can kill the monster. You cannot tame it. You cannot entertain it. You cannot comfort it or use it to Expand the world. It will destroy wherever it goes. It will eat alive. We need a righteous God who would come and declare that you are righteous. That you are righteous because he loves you. 
and he will work that righteousness out in your life as you keep on focusing on him. So right here, Paul is saying, this righteousness is not of your own accord. It is Jesus who died, who declared you righteous. It's a forensic action. It is by faith. It says the righteous will live by faith. This is one of Paul's favorite scriptures. He quotes it every now and again. It comes out of Habakkuk 2 verse 4. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. The righteous person will live in faith in a world that seems cruel and unkind. The righteous person will stand up and will live by faith. What does that faith mean? Romans 4 verse 21 being fully persuaded or convinced that God had power to do what he had promised. Faith is the recognition that I come to God with nothing in my hands. I am not righteous on my own. Because of the cross, I come and I say, thank you, Jesus, that you have declared me righteous. And with that righteousness, with that empty hands, I stand before God and I say, by faith, I will proclaim the good news in this world that I am living in. By faith. To believe is to put full trust in God who justifies the ungodly by means of the cross and resurrection of Christ. Faith is not an agreement with a set of doctrines. It is the trust in a person. It is fully convinced that God is who he says he is. So when there's something wrong in your life or there's something knocking on your door or something wants to come and creep into our house, like a sniffle or a, you know, what do I do? I don't entertain the monster. I don't try and tame it. My first step is to pray for it. My first step is to, Lord, would you come? And there is, would you just reveal if there's any open door in this house because we do not have time in this house to be sick right now. I live with five men. I have lots of faith because man flu is bad. That's maybe why I can be radical about it because it's just, it's bad. It's like one Mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So I believe that when something wants to knock, some little parasite wants to come into my house, something that wants to come and kill and destroy, something that wants to come and eat us alive, something that if I entertain it will become an even bigger monster in my life, we need to be ruthless about that. And it's only the power of God that can come and destroy it. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. 
How do I live this out in my life? How do I live out? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power. How do I live it out? By living an open life. By living an open life. And if you are not fully convinced of the gospel, how are you going to even present that? How are you even going to live that out? If you want to entertain monsters in your life, what are you going to reproduce? You're going to reproduce monsters. So it is, God, I come to you. Now, I grew up in a way of um, where friends wasn't, you know, we weren't really allowed to bring friends home. I wasn't really allowed to bring friends home. So when I left school and we got married and, you know, we lived in a house and started having children, I, I started feeling how God started confronting that in my life. I didn't realize that I had an issue like that, but I'm an introvert and I, I want to, you know, my private space, I love my own little place, my own little things, my own, just be comfortable there. And I felt how God just constantly moved at that until he, he, he worked in my life in such a place because he knew one day I will have four boys that's going to bring all their friends home all the time that's going to eat all my food. <laughs> but I've realized that that is the greatest opportunity. My word. If Louis starts moaning about the food budget, I'm just, God, with you? This is your problem, God. This is your problem. This is your problem. You brought these people into my house. Some of them are agnostic. Some of them are Buddhist. Afrikaans schools, Buddhist. But they, they, I mean, we have the weirdest people coming to our house. Atheists. Is there a God? Deist. Is there a God? Is there not a God? Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't care. I be, I, I, I step into that and I try and be as hospitable. Is that the right word? Hospitable. As I can be. And I, and I make them feel loved as much as I can be. And you know what? It happens so fast and our program is so busy that I do not get time to clean my house all the time and, and make it look and pretend that everything is wonderful in a pastor's house. It isn't. There's always dishes. There's always things that I'm always cooking. It feels like people are standing, coming to my house, and I'm always in front of the stove. But I don't care because there's something inside of me that is like a light that wants to burst out in my heart. And I want to share with them that there is a gospel. And I will not be ashamed of this gospel because it is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the power to for their salvation. I want to share it. I want to share it with that boy that comes in there that says, I'm so confused. I don't know what gender I am. I don't know if I'm vegan or if I eat meat or if I eat eggs or fruitarian or whatever. That boy that comes into my house that is so confused. I want to love him. In this house. In this house. There is no confusion. In this house. You are loved. In this house, I will cook you special food. I don't care. I, I will love you because I want to you to experience the power of the gospel that will set you free. So I've learned to live an open life. And I'm constantly 
I'm constantly learning that. The gospel is powerful. It is something that we need to share. But we live so fragmented in our world. I deal with students a lot. And it's hard when you've just, um, when you finish with your studies and you have to go into the workplace and you're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever you are. And you go into the professional world and somehow it feels unkind to what you believe. But I think we've lost our love for people. And I pray that God will restore to us such a desperateness to love people. That we will love our neighbor in such a way that we are prepared to stand up and live out the power of the gospel. Every day. I want to start Revelations 5. We read Revelations 5. I want to start ending, but it's going to be a long end. It's going to be a long end. Revelations 5. Because I think there's something powerful in the scripture. Then I saw in the right hand of him who, sit, who sat on the throne... A scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seal and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David was triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now notice here, that John is sitting and he hears about the lion of Judah. But then when he looks, what does he see? Verse 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of the incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. 
You have made them to be kingdom, a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. That's a lot. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. They were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sit, sits on the throne and to the lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. This scripture talks about the lamb that was slain. But this lamb is standing there because of the resurrection power. This lamb who was sent by God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, this lamb that was slain, this lamb that was raised from the dead, this lamb is the lion of Judah. This lamb is the lion of Judah. He conquered and triumphed not as a lion, but as a lamb. The victory over evil wasn't won at least first of all through overwhelming force, but loving, self-sacrifice and surrender and suffering. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed that I have suffered, if you read Paul. I am not ashamed that I've been left dead three times. I am not ashamed that I cannot speak well to the Corinthians. I am not ashamed of who I am because I am just a mere man. But let me tell you one day, you will realize this. One day you will see the lamb who was slain. I am not ashamed because this lamb is the lion of Judah. He is the power unto salvation. There is nothing else. The worship guys, if you would come. See, we got to become radical. I don't know how, how you live a lukewarm life. I, I really try, but... I had an experience just after the incredible ladies' conference that we had. My one son phoned me. Um, I think he's the defender of the week. I think just he's, he's this big boy and he's my younger son and he's just got one big heart. And he phoned me and he said, Mommy, I just want to, I want you just to be calm right now. Now we had a fantastic ladies conference. It was chaos. It was good. It was bad. I apologize for everybody who did not get enough food. It was not create. It was somebody else who made the food. I just, it was chaos. It was wonderful. So I'm exhausted. He phones me. 
says, I just want you to be calm when you come home. Because your driveway is dug up. And you will not be able to come in to your house, to your home. You'll have to park somewhere else and then somehow find a way to get into your driveway. Saturday, 3 o'clock. So he says this to me. He says to me, Mommy, I'm not saying it for your sake. I'm not saying it for Daddy's sake. I'm saying it for the sake of the people who is digging up that hole. Because I do not want you to come and to moan with them. Man, that hit me. I thought, where did this boy of mine think that I was so unkind that he actually would have to phone me before the time that I do not lose it when I see my driveway. And right there, I realized, God's just speaking to me. See, the power of love in a complicated situation. Man, that's confronting. That's confronting. So I want to leave you with two thoughts to think about. Is there any sin that you are trying to tame or ignore? Is there any kind of thing that is a parasite in your life that you think that you can actually control? Is there anything in your life that is on the brink of becoming a monster, but because you are in denial, you still think you can contain the monster? That's the one thing. The second thing I want to challenge you with this morning in this missions conference are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is it something that wants to explode out of your life? And because of your love for God and your love for your neighbor, that is so overwhelming in you, that you say, God, I will share the gospel even if it will get me into trouble, even if it's not professional. Close your eyes for a moment. I want the worship guys just to give us a moment and just lead us into just a moment. Right now, there where you are, let God speak to you. God, what are you saying to me? God, will you come with your resurrection power? And where there's anything in my life, will you come and destroy that in my life? Will you come and destroy the, the, the monsters and the parasites that's in our world, in our lives? Will you come? Will you identify it for us in other people? And will you help us to love them in such a powerful way? Just come, Jesus. Say, Lord, will you come and confront my life? 
Lion of Judah, will you rise up inside of me that you will become a light that, that will break out of my heart? Come, Lion of Judah, would you infuse me with the love of God so that I can love, so that I will not be ashamed of the gospel? Because I see the power that brings change. I think we are all familiar with the monster that sin is and how it can feel so powerful and that the monster can seem to want to destroy us. And sometimes we think there's nothing that can be done about it. Sometimes we're caught in habits and addictions. Sometimes we feel caught in, in other people's hatred or other people's bad actions towards us and just life. But I want to tell you today, there's a lion that is roaring over you today. There's a lion that says, I am the atom bomb that has come through my love to destroy the power of sin and death. Do you believe today that God can overcome the monster that you are facing? As we end the service now, I want to say, if you need a monster to be broken, the power of a monster broken in your life today, whatever that may be, sickness, disease, poverty, sin in any form, rejection, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, come to the front today and we're going to pray for you because we believe in the power that is the, the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. Come and allow the Holy Spirit today as we pray for you to break the power of that monster and let God set you free. And then I want to say to you, we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth, sent by the Spirit of God, in the power of God, to be the testimony of His great love. Go into your front line by the power of the Lion of Judah and be the roaring lion in your front line. It says, no more will the enemy have his way, but God's will be done in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with us today. May the Lord bless you. We're going to continue to pray for people. So if you want prayer, come to the front. And, and if you want to give your heart to Jesus today, say, here I am. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. And somebody will pray with you. You're welcome to join our team on the, my right-hand side. For those of you that are new, to come to our connection uh, lounge and just meet with some people. But we're going to continue on and trust God for free people to be set free today. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Thank you, guys.